Hello and welcome to our friends the anthology episode twenty four. You guys season are season two episode fourteen. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, title is Duchess of Mandalore. I hate this episode. I knew you would. <laughs> how do you? How did you know? Because I, I texted you needlessly. No, I I, I knew. I, I did this. I picked this episode for a specific reason. Um, but there are other episodes that have the same characters that are much stronger. Wait, before we get, can I, when did you start watching this show? Uh, I started, I watched this entire series um, probably a, a couple of months before the force awakens came out. I kind of had this, this moment with myself where I, I realized I called myself a star Wars fan and I realized that I didn't know nearly enough about the star Wars universe. So I, just, I'm like that. Except I don't call myself a fan. <laughs> he also has no interest in beefing up his knowledge. Yeah. So, that, I mean, like, yeah, that that those couple months before the movie came out, I, I watched every movie. I watched this entire series. I read several books. Wow. Just so I could, you know, I could call myself a fan and not feel like a hypocrite about so it. So you were a big fan of the original trilogy? I, I was, and... Yeah, I had seen all of the movies, but, like, that was the extent of my, my knowledge. But you watched them a lot, or? Yeah, I mean, I... I not not so much like maybe like once a year i would like watch the original trilogy okay um, quick question the face tattoo did that come around the same time or was that later <laughs> ron's yeah. uh addressing a horrible mistake sam made earlier in his life i mean not that it's... not that jar jar pings is <laughs> cool i have a i have a co-worker that um uh, was really pulling for like when all the merchandise was like first released for force awakens everyone went bb8 crazy and he was like so pulling for bb8 to be the next jar jar Binks. Oh, he man. just like wanted all of this to be worthless have you seen star wars rebels uh i have watched i think the first two seasons of rebels okay that rebels is kind of like clone wars but even skewed younger i feel uh, like which kind of is where it lost me yeah that's a bummer because I actually, it's easy to get the two confused. They have like a similar art mm-hmm. style. Yeah, they do. This episode, Duchess of Mandalore. So why did you pick this? I picked this specifically be, uh, for the relationship between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Duchess Satine of Mandalore, which is a relationship that really fascinates me. We'll give a quick, uh, quick uh, rundown. So in this episode, the Duchess of Mandalore, Duchess Satine, uh, visits Coruscant uh, to petition the Galactic Senate, uh, trying to p- prevent them from sending Galactic or, or um, Republic forces to interfere with basically a terrorist group, a terrorist organization that is running amok on Mandalore. The Duchess wants uh, it to be a Mandalorian issue and to not have outside influences uh, present. She is the leader of the Council of Neutral Systems, which is a organization of over 1500 star systems that want desperately to just stay out of the war between the Republic and the separatists. Uh, so her independence is very important to her. And the, the catch is that the separatists are trying to get Republic forces to invade Mandalore because then the terrorists would be seen as liberators rather than terrorists. And it, it could pull all of the neutral systems then toward the separatist cause. So she. Wow. That sounds amazing. I'm not <laughs> kidding. But I had 
No. Yeah, the, is that all in this episode or it's all implied it doesn't all okay it, it, it doesn't all fall sort of like they don't like necessarily all talk about it but so Wait, did ron get all that they Am didn't feel stupid? like they didn't feel like they had to spell out these complicated politics <laughs> for all the seven-year-olds watching. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes to the senate and events ensue and she's uh accused of murdering one of her own people and so she has to go on the run, and it's up to Obi-Wan Kenobi to sneak evidence into the Senate for Padme to present that would then prevent the Republic from sending troops to Mandalore. Okay, can I tell you my problem with this? Sure. My big problem with this? Sure. My big problem is that, the what's her name, Duchess? Duchess Satine. Duchess Satine is really naive. So I liked her. Until I realized that she has no idea that she's being played by these people. And if it was obvious to me, who and I have no idea what's going on in this show at all, at any time, then she's, you know, way behind. Do you mean that she didn't know specifically who was playing her? That she didn't know she was being played at all? It's not that she... Yeah, I understand that they don't know yet that Darth Sidious is... What's his name? Uh, Palpatine. Palpatine. Uh, Senator. Senator. Oh, well, he's okay. at this point, he's chancellor. He's the head the of the chancellor. Senate. Yeah. That's fine. But she should realize that something is going on and that they're trying to, you know, set her up and that they're angling towards this. But I feel so, like she did know that. Maybe. Well, she has to know that it's inside the Senate, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, she knows it's inside the Senate because she I feel like gives she was the evidence. The party. She gives the evidence to Obi-Wan. Uh, to give specifically to Padme, because Padme's Cause the only one that she knows I mean, she can trust. But by then, there was like a guy, somebody inside the Senate handed, or who was that guy? He handed her the thing. Also, okay, I'm I'm going to unpack more stuff as we keep going, but no, she she's kind of late to the party, because at first she's just like, why are they doing this? This is so frustrating. Politics is happening. And then Ewan McGregor, or what's his name? Who voices him in this show? That I actually didn't look up. It's not Ewan McGregor, right? No, it's not I Ewan couldn't McGregor. possibly imagine, yeah. It's somebody bigger. <laughs> More famous. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like she was not capable of piecing things together quickly enough regarding this whole thing. Yeah, of course, once she gets this, once it becomes like a Watergate scenario and she gets handed this secret thing with, with the thing that's going to exonerate her, and somebody dies and somebody's shooting at her and people are cheating. like, then of course you have to know like, okay, there's something, there's a plot against me. Well, but I don't know. I feel like I think she hems and haws a little at the beginning where she's just like, this is so frustrating that, that things aren't. I think maybe in that opening Senate scene, she's like a little bit slow on the uptake, but also she's watching a video, which on the surface doesn't seem tampered like you would never suspect immediately that, a that video it was tampered, was tampered yeah. with and it's of a friend that she trusts and here's this friend saying something that runs entirely counter to what she thought he believed you know she's prevented she's presented with video evidence and i think she is somewhat suspicious skeptical of first. yeah and then when she go leaves it to the senate is the first scene right and then she leaves the senate on this the speeder or whatever and someone's tampered with her brakes. And she's the only one who's like, this is a plot against me. Someone tampered with my brakes. Mm -hmm. and, and then they say, we won't investigate it. 
Right. They're basically gaslighting her. You know, you don't know that this was an attempt on your life. Well, yeah. And they kind of bring up the point and they're like, well, and they, even if it is, that just serves more reason for us to take out this terrorist threat. That's This is more reason for us to send Republic forces to, to Mandalore. So it's kind of like a damned if she does, damned if she doesn't kind of situation for her. And then wasn't there a part where they do the vote while she's in the meeting? Yeah. They is like, that, they, is they, that at that same, in that same conference when... Yeah, after the plot against uh, the break thing. Yeah, point withdrawn. No, I'm not no, saying. Yeah, no, I'm not, we're not saying. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. Yeah. Well, no. You just, <laughs> I mean, I you am just explained why I'm wrong. Well, we, we explained our take on it. You're allowed to have your own, your own take on it. Neither the wrong one. one. <laughs> it's an I, opinion. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked this episode mostly because it's kind of the start, and there are multiple. Obi-Wan and Satine story arcs. Um, but this is sort of the one where you start to really feel their tension and their history. At least like sexual tension? Yes, like the, like their past. And to me, that was that's fun because Obi-Wan portrays himself as sort of like the the idyllic Jedi. You know what I mean? Like this is the pinnacle, you know, apart from like Yoda, you know what I mean? Who's just like the Jedi of all Jedis. Like Obi-Wan's what you should aspire to. He's a great, great warrior. He's wise, just, and fair. But in this, and you, you start to realize that they have this past and they have this history and maybe Obi-Wan wasn't always as virtuous as he claims that he, he is. And I love, I love the idea that there's not just light, and dark in this universe that there are varying shades of gray and that mm. all of these her- characters are have human traits and are susceptible to you know emotion and the jedi try so hard to suppress that but you know even someone as virtuous as obi-wan can be tempted to you know fall victim to his emotions which is why i really like this episode. i also didn't like obi-wan in this episode no no feel like he was just expository i don't know he didn't really i don't know i like your point though sam yeah i (laughs) like that that's why i picked it this also explains a lot when you videos i've seen on pornhub (laughs) (laughs) when you explain the plots of these episodes i like the show a lot more so you just need me sitting next to you while you watch the commentary okay so this is what's going on yeah well i think from the sounds of it a lot of the things that sam is describing and that maybe it's harder for us to pick up on is sort of longer uh, character arcs mm. and s- stuff that maybe if we've been watching all along, we would have picked up on. Okay. So, but the part that I don't like about this episode is that the pacing of her uncovering this plot, this scheme against her to what interfere with uh, what's that called? Mandalore. Well, the, the Republic wants to send troops to Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole scheme against her and her like figuring it out and uncovering it is really haphazard. Like it's relegated to two things. First, there's the plot against her life. And then she's like, okay, something's up. And then there's the thing where a guy just shows up and he goes, here, let me hand you this thing. It has everything to prove you innocent. So like literally a computer chip with, like there's no other, it's just the simplest it's the smoking it's the gun token. yeah yeah <laughs> and then she grabs that and then she flees and then she gets it to 
Obi-Wan and then she's exonerated. And it's like, there's really no mystery to it. It doesn't yeah. really, you know. No, fair enough. Yeah. I think this episode, maybe even more than the others, because I've felt this about some of the other episodes, it's chafing against its like 22 minute mm-hmm. runtime constraint. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. The synopsis that you gave, and I think that the thing that they were shooting Especially for. Especially the word chafing. <laughs> is incredibly complex yeah and that's a point i want to talk about more and to try and cram all of it into 22 minutes yeah i think they did struck yeah the best job they could yeah this episode like and you laid a lot of it out the politics of this episode are insanely the geopolitical like politics yeah should i was i supposed to get all of that did you get all that i picked up on bits of it more than you apparently well i understood (laughs) that there i i didn't understand this whole that the, the I got the neutrality oh. bit, and but this episode, I remember watching the Phantom Menace in theaters with my dad, and I remember all of the Trade Federation stuff, having to ask him and probably pissing off everybody else in the theater opening day. Like, what? What do they mean? Like blocking trade? Like all of those are impossible concepts for a six-year-old to mm-hmm. grasp. And I'm really stupid, so that didn't help. <laughs> this, but this show dabbles in some of that same. Some of those same aspects. I mean, you know, they make, sorry, I just want to make a point. They deride George Lucas for turning the original or the prequels into this whole politic Game of Thrones style thing. I think that's one of the smartest things about it. I mean, he probably didn't do it the right way. I mean, we want Jedi fights and stuff like that, but that's what's making this show greater. That's why you picked this otherwise not so amazing episode mm-hmm. because there's this rich political backdrop yeah. and all these machinations going on. It's what makes this show, it's what sets it apart from Wishbone, you know, where it's <laughs> hey, just... you remember that city council scene from Wishbone? <laughs> Wishbone was more about local politics. <laughs> <laughs> the Clone Wars is more about the intergalactic yeah. Yeah, political landscape. But I think, yeah, having that, this rich uh, backdrop is really exciting stuff. So I, that's the stuff that is missing from force awakens to me can we get yeah. into a force awakens talk yeah that's the, that's what i don't like about for force awakens is a retread of a new hope and so like maybe you don't like it maybe you like whatever that's fine but it also loses it's so what you're saying about shades of gray just mm-hmm. even in the jedi even in the jedi that we like put on the pedestal with obi-wan kenobi like force awakens just has none of that it's so black and white they just this is like you know What's uh? What are they called in Force Awakens? The Order, First Order, yeah. First Order are like Nazis, and Nazis history like are the only people that we've ever been like okay, yeah, just bad, like just you know zero <laughs> yeah. degree of uh, complication, and yeah, just everything about it is so simplistic. And then George Lucas, when he was doing this stuff, you know, there was a lot more interesting stuff going on behind the scenes that you could. That that's where all the that's why Star Wars is such a rich universe universe for lore and all this stuff. That's why people write so much. That's why there were so many books just off of three movies. That is part of the reason why I like Star Wars. That's why people like Star Wars. Yeah. Is there is so much to explore. Yeah. I'd rather watch four seasons or how many seasons was this? This has I think five seasons, and then there's like these lost episodes that are kind of like make up a sixth season. I'd rather watch these the six seasons of this than another force awakens wow that's high praise 
I mean, not really, because you really didn't like Force Awakens. Yeah. But it must mean you find something interesting. Probably better. I think it's better than Rogue One, too. I mean, you like Rogue One even less. Yeah. Wow. We don't even need to do a fourth episode. David sold. That's not what I said. (laughs) We need a fourth episode. (laughs) (laughs) We've kind of, we've backtracked. You're not great on the first one. You liked the second one. No, we didn't build on that momentum. That's right. You took a step back. Took a step back. It's all right. I did think there was this interesting aspect of Kenobi and Sidian's relationship. I wasn't, I didn't realize that they were as familiar with each other as they were. And uh, there was this weird aspect to it where Kenobi was accusing Sidian of being hysterical. Like, mm. I actually think that Sidian was kind of on to what was going on. And Kenobi was like talking her back from the yeah. ledge. Yeah, you're right. Holy, yeah. And <laughs> I'm reading maybe a little bit too much in into this but it was weird for me to have kenobi like a male talking to this female political person and being yeah, like, like you're uh, being emotional yeah, about this yeah, yeah, like, yeah. is it that time of the month <laughs> yeah that was screwed yeah. up i just found that a little awkward yeah and again i was probably i was reading way too much into it well and the other the other aspect of this of their relationship that i find interesting is that she calls him She's one of those characters that calls the Jedi out on their hypocrisy. Like she talks about how like you're peacekeepers, but you're on the front lines as generals leading these armies. You have more blood on your hands than anyone. How can you possibly call yourselves peacekeepers? I'm leading the neutral system. I'm a pacifist. I'm leading these neutral systems. I'm doing everything I can to keep my people out of war. Like how can you, how can you say that you stand for peace when you are killing more than anyone that's that's really cool yeah now i like i like this character a lot now that you explained why i should (laughs) sorry going back one more time the thing with her being naive maybe i articulated it poorly but i think part of it is also that she is like making these pleas to the republic but they obviously have their own reasons why they would want to get involved and maybe that's the part where she's like if i just explain like my reasons are just and pure like mm-hmm. if i just explain it enough like they're just gonna you know stand down but yeah that's not how politics works so she no, doesn't and, really and give the them Republic any quid pro quo definitely has their own agenda you right. know what i mean by controlling mandalore maybe they they think that they can then influence the other neutral systems and they, right. then they can put an end to the war you know what i mean so right. both both sides are vying for these military resources and on yeah. these people. So I think maybe what bothered me is that instead of talking on their terms and saying like, these are the reasons you wouldn't want to do it. She's kind of talking on her terms. Like you just shouldn't because you know, for no other reason than that's the right thing to mm-hmm. do. And which that's is not how they would. Yeah. No, which is sort of a, na- a naive yeah. approach for a politician to take. And she is a politician. So that's a fair criticism. Thank you. I like having Sam here. <laughs> Sam, you wouldn't have chosen Homer episode for... Oh, wait, you would have. <laughs> Since this is the only one that I remember. We see a lot of characters from the movies in this episode. We do. We see Kenobi, who we've, we've touched on. We see Padme, mm-hmm. who I probably wouldn't have recognized if I was like, this makes sense if it's Padme, because she looks pretty different and sounds pretty what? different. Padme? Yeah. Well, it goes back to your whole, like, you don't like the animation of any of the humanoid characters. Yeah, but even I could tell that was Natalie Portman. Is Padme Natalie Portman? Yeah. Yeah. Even I could tell it was Natalie Portman. Going back to the character designs, 
what the fuck is up with Palpatine's forehead <laughs> in this series? He's pretty. Is that the guy that looks like a butt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He barely looks human. <laughs> like, it's so funny to me. This show has a lot of nuance, but as far as uh, Palpatine's character design goes, they're like, he's a bad, he's going to be a bad dude. Like, you, you know, you know, he's <laughs> yeah, bad, you can so. look at him and be like, yeah, well, there's your bad guy. But yeah. did, was this show, ma- this was made after episode three, right? Yes. Yeah. So we, yeah. I think, isn't that? Well, so I get what you're saying. It's not weird for me to see him as evil, but it's weird for like uh, the senators to be like, oh, yeah, Palpatine's a great guy. <laughs> we should keep him in control of the Senate. <laughs> Nothing he's doing is weird at all. Every yeah, senator like, looks evil, though, just in in the world, like in real I mean, life. Yeah. I loved that we had a Kenobi versus Django fat fight, right? Like that was Django. Um, I. It was an assassin from the Death Watch, which is the terrorist oh. organization of Mandalore. And Jango Fett is from Mandalore. Okay. So they all have Mandalorian armor. Okay. But it's not, I don't think it was necessarily implied that it was Jango Fett. Yeah, or else he would have Actually, succeeded. it couldn't be because Jango Fett is dead by this point. Okay, I was trying to figure out the timeline. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Well, it was more exciting when I thought it was Jango. <laughs> I'll choose to believe. And that's another reason I love this episode. And I love the entire Death Watch um, story arcs because I love the Mandalorian soldiers. They're just so cool. I'll also say that I sort of mentioned this a little bit in previous episodes, but I love the fact that we've seen Coruscant quite a bit in the movies. And then in this episode, we see, I think, bits of Coruscant that feel like they're, they mesh well aesthetically with the Coruscant we've seen, but feel like slightly new pieces mm-hmm. of it. And I think that was interesting. And I think Coruscant is actually one of the really cool parts of the prequel trilogy is like you see the seedy underbelly of it in episode two yeah, as Kenobi Coruscant. goes on. It's uh, like the city planet where the Jedi Temple is. It's also where Obi-Wan investigates. He's trying to track down the. He eventually finds a clone army and visits Rex at that diner. Do you remember that? And I know. Who's the same species as Krill? Oh. Fun fact. Whoa. That. Anyways. Yeah, I just think that's cool, seeing more of these planets. I think it's well executed. How many languages do you think you would have learned if you hadn't learned all these planet names? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's sorry. Right. I'm, I'm getting pretty fluent in Wookiee, so that's, that's my second language. All right. Is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about the episode? When you officiate his wedding, can you do, uh, can you go, from the stars of Coruscant to the outer reaches of Escaliska. <laughs> All right. Do you want to thank Sam for coming on? <laughs> you can thank him this time. I'm tired of Sam. <laughs> Five minutes ago, you were like, I like Sam. Sam. We should keep him around. I'm a fickle man. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm getting that. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on, Sam. Thank you very much for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks, Sam. And tune in next week for our Season last four episode twenty. Yeah, our last yep. Clone Wars episode. See you next time and have an amazing What's the title? bounty. Ooh, this sounds good. See you next time and have an amazing week.